For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up? Back, like I told you I'd be. Ike Dagon, Ike Feldman, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N, at Ike Dagon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, website. It's here. The biggest fight card of the year, UFC 245. If you guys heard the last episode, I reviewed UFC DC, gave a lot of in-depth analysis about the fights, what I thought would happen, what has happened, what's unfolded. And at the end of it, I was just extremely giddy because the next episode, this episode, is the preview for UFC 245. It's freaking here. The card is going to be amazing, top to bottom. I just hope I get to the bar in time to see all the top fights. My family's thinking of going to a comedy show early, an 8 o'clock show. I think it ends at... 10 o'clock, I've already done some scouting as to where I can sprint out of there and get to a UFC bar to watch the UFC 245 main card. Unfortunately, I'm probably going to be missing the Jeff Neal-Mike Perry fight and all the other fantastic fights before that. I'll obviously watch it on the ESPN Plus app later that night or the next day, but I have to get to the bar to see Pierre Jan versus Uriah Faber. Marlon Moraes versus Jose Aldo, Amanda Nunes versus Jermaine Demarandami, Max Holloway versus Alexander Volkanovsky, and Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington. What a card. And this is the latest I've given a preview because I'm having a tough time with these picks. I am 55 and 29 and 1 since the... Junior Dos Santos and Francis Ngano card back in June. That's when I really started doubling down on the Iktagon picks and whatnot. And formerly of the Mike's on app fight picks. And this is the latest I've given the picks for any card. It's Friday night. I'm literally watching the weigh-ins live. And I'm looking for any indication of why I should pick the the fights it's tough mike perry looks motivated uh pieter jan looks anxious and ready to go uriah faber looks motivated and ready to prove a point the crowd's wild in vegas uh so up to date uh jdr jermaine Duranami just stepped on the scale this is the 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 show weigh-in this is not the official weigh-in which took place earlier this morning about 12 hours ago which all the fighters made weight for. And this is more of the the show. It's for the crowd. They probably gained about 
10 to 25 pounds back at this point, eight hours later, eight, 10 hours later. And this is when the they face off. This is when they're not fighting their, their body and they have to concentrate on anything. This is when they're truly motivated. So Amanda Nunes facing off with Jermaine Durandamy. Calm, cool, both smiley. Jermaine Durandamy reaches out first for the high five. And let's just take a look at the technical aspects of the fight. Jermaine Durandamy is one of the best women strikers in the sport. She had an amazing kickboxing record. I believe over 40 or 50 kickboxing fights. She's fought men in sanctioned box, boxing fights and knocked them out and won. She's beautiful striker. Great boxer. You don't really see too many kicks from her. With that boxing background, maybe it's because she's afraid of the takedowns and the jiu-jitsu uh, aspect of MMA. But she has fantastic boxing, great range, great power. Really a lanky, powerful striker similar to Anderson Silva or Chuck Liddell. Really extends that cross and lands the cross at the last millisecond on the opponent's chin. That's how you draw the most power from really extending that lanky, long slingshot arms, unless you're a stocky guy like a Francis Ngannou or Tyron Woodley, someone whose muscle is really condensed and an uppercut or a huge right can land from any angle. If you're skinny and lanky like a Max Holloway or Jermaine Durandamy, Anderson Silva, uh, Chuck Liddell, the further you can touch your opponent, the more power you're going to generate. And Jermaine Durandamy does an excellent job of that. You've seen that on display in her last fight against Aspen Ladd when one heavy strike about 15 seconds into the fight sent Ladd reeling to the canvas, went to all fours. Herb Deem stepped in and did not want the fight to continue. Jermaine Durandamy earned a title fight off that performance. Previously, she beat title challenger Raquel Pennington. So Jermaine has had an interesting history back at UFC 28. She fought Holly Holm in the inaugural UFC featherweight title fight. It was a very boring fight. Holm was grappling Durandamy. Durandamy couldn't get any offense off really until it was the close of the rounds. And some of them were considered late strikes at the bell. Joe Rogan's been very critical of her. I don't blame her. Holly Holm was doing a GSP type of style, except against the fence, was just closing the offense with grappling, but didn't really improve position, didn't look to improve, very boring. I'm happy the judges gave it to Durandamy. So she stepped away from the sport for a little. She did not want to fight Chris Cyborg and defend the title, and she never lost that title, but now she's back in the spotlight. She has earned this title fight, Amanda Nunes, since that time, uh, well, previously, UFC 196, she beat Valentina Shevchenko. UFC 200 beat Misha Tate. UFC 207 beat Ronda Rousey. Uh, UFC 215 beat Valentina Shevchenko. UFC 232, she beats Chris Cyborg. UFC 239, she knocks out Holly Holm, and now here she is. She's the greatest women woman fighter of all time, and one of the best fighters overall. If you're going pound-for-pound pound status, 
you have to go maybe John Jones, Demetrius Johnson, GSP, Amanda Nunes. It's, it's, she's the top five fighter of all time. We will see where her focus is at. Uh, if she gets past JDR, Jermaine Duran, to me, the, the sky's the limit for her. And it would be a... The world is hers, and she could box a woman if she wants next. She could fight a man if she wants next. She could fight Henry Cejudo. So uh, I'm jumping all over here, but Alexander Volkanovsky just weighed in. Looks good, looks fresh, looks intense. Max Holloway jumps on the scale, does his intense scream. He's rehydrated at least 12 pounds back. They do a stare down. Both look ready to go. Max making weight is the biggest obstacle at 145. He made weight. He did it. Who knows how much longer he wants to do it. He's a crazy man. Back at UFC 236, he fought Dustin Poirier at 155 pounds. Back at UFC 240, fought Frankie Edgar at 145. He made a quick turnaround, fighting Alexander Volkanovsky now at 145 pounds. In this year, if you date back to December of 2018, he fought Brian Ortega, UFC 231, uh, four-round battle. He's going five rounds with Poirier, five rounds with Edgar. That's a lot of rounds, a lot of mileage in one year. And again, if Amanda Nunes gets past JDR, it's just you can't stop them. They might rattle off 10 straight wins. Max Holloway, if he gets past Alexander Volkanovsky... I believe that improves his win streak at featherweight. Obviously, he lost that lightweight back in April. But that improves his record at featherweight to about 14 straight wins. And just unstoppable. He can do anything. It's keeping that motivation, keeping that hunger. How bad do they want it? Are you taking the fight on a s smart notice, not short notice or long notice? Are you taking it when your body's ready? When you can recover correctly, you can cut the weight correctly, you can get enough training, you can implement enough studying of your opponent, and you can make sure that you will give your best performance on fight night. Those two fights are scary with Amanda Nunes and Max Holloway because it's really going to determine where they stand in their careers. Obviously. Uh, I don't know, it's, you expect them to win every single fight until they lose, you know, it's the Connor effect, you thought he could never lose, it's the Khabib effect, you think he will never lose, GSP, he will never lose, Matt Sarah happens, Chris Weidman can happen, Khabib might lose eventually, it's inevitable, and I'm trying to pick up on the warning signs as to see when it happens. But let's I'll give my picks at the end and the reasons why. Let's look at Max Holloway and Volkanovski. Volkanovski is a former rugby player, tough guy. He rugby is the equivalent to American football. Guys slamming into each other, running down the field, worried about muscle and speed and not worried about cutting weight, striking distance, anything like that aspects of their sport. But Volkanovski made the change. He's lost about 80 pounds. Looks fantastic at 145. Very strong. Knocked out Chad Mendez back at UFC 232. 
He beat Jose Aldo back at UFC 237. He's looked sharp. He looked phenomenal. He outpointed Jose Aldo. He knocked out Chad Mendes. It's been a slow climb. He comes from that city kickboxing gym, the same gym as middleweight champion, undisputed champion, Israel Adesanya. And he comes from the same gym as fast-rising lightweight Dan Hooker. Those guys are tough. I think Long Islanders are tough. And they are, and I appreciate where I came from, the blue-collar class that is, we don't get in the trouble, but we won't run away from trouble. And I feel like the that whole oceanic people are very similar, very tough guys, very humble guys that do a lot of their talking with their fist. And it's been... The truth in the pudding, Adesanya's tough. We saw him back at UFC 236 doing an amazing performance. We saw Dan Hooker, uh, uh, UFC 243, dismantle Ally Akinta, Long Island's own. And just, he could play that tough guy, but they're playing it smart as well. Does Alexander Volkanovsky have that same championship or winning caliber mentality? going to be tough to say if he does Max Holloway is on another level okay jumping around again Colby Covington weighs in doesn't take off his shirt again this is not the morning wearing where you have to weigh in with just your skivvies on he kept his sweatshirt and shirt on Kamaro Usman comes out fired up probably close to 200 pounds at this point he's wearing the Nigerian face paint on his face uh, throws out t-shirts to the crowd. Colby, they're now face-to-face. Colby is talking, talking, talking. Kamara's brushing it off. Seems like he's still in the hydration state because he is a big boy at welterweight. Colby's trying to, the last minute, get in under his skin. I think it's just, it's a tired act. But Colby... Can he put all the doubters and naysayers, including the UFC, to bed and continue to control, be the A-side, and control his next matchups? He's holding a basketball with Kamaro Usman's face on it. And I don't know what he's going to do. He's dribbling it. And he punts it into the crowd. He eventually winds himself up to a pump-up speech to Joe Rogan. Now, Kamaru is on the mic, shirt off, face paint on, seems controlled, seems tired. Seems like it's, it's a hard rebuild back to what you see on fight night. All right, so let's look at these two guys. I mean, they are mere images of each other. Kamaro, heavy pressure, heavy wrestler, nonstop pressure. Colby Covington, wrestling-centric, a lot of pressure, starting to learn 
a lot more about striking in the same time period. Camaro has not improved his striking as much. Colby has. And I wanted a reason for to pick Kamaru Usman, and it's it's not showing that much. He has the beautiful story and the rise to becoming a champion and the story about bringing a UFC card to Africa and Nigeria, but unfortunately, I don't think he'll be visiting Africa as a champion. I think Colby's gas tank is going to catch up to Usman. And the fact that Colby talks all that crap, you know, maybe his opponent could catch him with an uppercut or some striking or a kick. But is Usman going to go out of his element? Is he going to throw a spinning heel kick? Is he going to do a wheel kick? Is he going to do a flying knee? Is he going to do a roundhouse kick? Is he going to start to play some distance on the striking? That would be surprising. That would be ballsy, and that would be commendable if he does it. But I don't see him doing that. I think if he was a striker, it'd be more dangerous. If this was Tyron Woodley who could push off Colby's uh, wrestling for a little and land that heavy strike because of his his study of boxing and the 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 shaping of his striking craft, I think it'd be a little more of a contest for Colby Covington. But two wrestlers, what are they going to want to do? I think Colby's going to want to shoot in. I think Kamaru think he could push him off. Okay, so they separate. It's going to be the same thing over and over and over. And might be a lot of clinch work against the fence. I mean, is anybody picking these guys by a knockout? They're each saying they're going to knock out each other. Usman saying I want him to look up at the refs and not know where he is. Covington thinks he's going to catch him in the third or fourth round and end Usman. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on these guys. I could just see them going to their wrestling early and often. And when they do separate in the third or fourth round and they have to strike because the wrestling, it's, they're tired. And the output is there. I think Covington gets the nod because of his cardio condition and and because he doesn't have to hydrate as much he doesn't have as much muscle mass and I think that will hurt Usman in the end and we're gonna get the Covington Masvidal fight that everybody wants I think Usman versus Leon Edwards could be next uh there's a lot of options in the UFC welterweight division but I'm gonna go with Covington I think that's going to be the only belt that changes hands. I think Holloway will get caught over the top from a heavy strike from Volkanovski, but I think Holloway will wake up. He'll need that motivation, that in-fight motivation. It's when do you find that motivation? When you get the call about your opponent, when you're eight weeks out, when you're six weeks out, when you're in the midst of training, when you get an injury and you need to fight through it, when somebody's talking crap on social media, when it's the week of the fight, when it's the weigh-in, when it's the face-off, or is it fight night when you actually get tagged and you need to survive now? You're back in survival mode. You're back in challenger mode. I think Holloway is at that point that it's hard for him to get a rise out of him 
and to be motivated. And as much as he's screaming on the scale and looking fantastic with the weight gain and the weight cut now, it seems like he has it under wraps, doesn't have trouble with it. No, he's not passing out. There's no... allegations of a stroke I think the motivation that he's gonna get is when Volkanovski tags him and wakes him up but I think Holloway hangs on to it Amanda Nunes JDR the rematch 2013 they fought Amanda Nunes Took her down, no problem. Climbed up to mount. Ended with a couple of elbows. Jermaine Durandamy didn't know what to do. Was very lost. Was a striking, heavy fighter. Obviously has very much improved in those six years. She went against Holly Holm, who's wrestling heavy, who took down a striking, heavy girl like Megan Anderson. JDR Jermaine Durandamy was able to stay on the feet, land some strikes. She's a much different fighter since that 2013 first fight. Amanda Nunes, she is confident that she can wrestle. She's confident that she could take down her. She says that her cardio is not a problem anymore. She has not done anything wrestling heavy in any of these past fights in this long title reign. And there's nothing wrong with that. Does she have to prove something different to herself by showing that she can wrestle? Does she have to prove something to doubters that she can wrestle? She should strike. She should be confident. And that should be the challenge there. I think it would be an unwise decision if she jumps for a takedown and winds up in the clinch. Jermaine Durandamy separates. Amanda Nunes is now filled up with blood and muscles in her forearm and biceps that she's not used to from wrestling. And JDR lands a heavy strike and wakes up Nunes. I think it's going to be similar to what happens with Holloway. A rude awaken, literally, and it's it's a very important night because I, I I think it takes a lot for these people to get out of bed, and they know their challenge is making weight. You know, they respect their body now. They are full time martial artists. Max Holloway and Amanda Nunes, they're taking their weight cut serious. Both of them actually had problems in Vegas, ironically. UFC two twenty six for Max, UFC two thirteen for Nunes. And they seem to have right the ship. They're back in Vegas, and they've made weight, and they're looking to keep their title. The thing is, what's next for Nunes? Does she need something next? Does she not need something next? Uh, coming off that Holly Holm fight, everybody thought that she had nothing next, that she could sit out for a while, but going off a controversial win from JDR over Aspen Ladd, Nunes said that was the right opponent at the right time let's see if they're rushing it let's see if they're have have this game figured out you know every week every month every pay-per-view every year it's studying the growth of the sport nobody knows exactly what's going to happen because it's history unfolding in front of us every single week and it's amazing it's why I love this sport. I'm part of the historic rise and it's it's been amazing. But I think Max and Amanda a little rude awaken. I get I think they're going to get t- 
tagged a little. You could hear it in my voice. I'm very unsure. but And I like JDR. I like Volkanovski. But we will see. Moving down the card, Marlon Moraes returning after his UFC 238 title loss to double champ, triple C, Henry freaking Cejudo. Going against former UFC featherweight king, Jose Aldo. Yes, Aldo, the man who had trouble making weight at 145 pounds, has decided to lean it out even more and make 135 pounds. I was just watching, studying how he looked on the scale. He looks emaciated. I don't know how much he's going to regain and how much is it, uh, what do you call it? The unreturned loss. Uh, it's it's tough to pick Aldo on this. I know he's a veteran. He's got great footwork, great boxing. The legs kicks have disappeared. Solid jiu-jitsu, great MMA jiu-jitsu, great takedown defense. But Marlon Moraes looked like a killer back at UFC Fortaleza back in February. And looked like a killer for the first two rounds of his title fight. Very sharp, very fast. This is only three rounds. I think this favors uh, Moraes. I think he could put it on Aldo early and often. And Aldo might hang it up. Might hang it up. It's going to be scary, but I don't see Aldo coming out, out of this unscathed. Volkanovski said he believes Jose Aldo will win this, but I think Marius is just going to be calm and cool, not have any pressure, and just look to get back into title contention. And this is a huge step forward. Before that fight, the Russian, Pyotr Jan versus Uriah, the California kid, Faber. Holy crap. All these fights can main event any card or fight night card, not necessarily a pay-per-view card, but they could all headline a card at some point. Why is this fight happening is my first question. Why didn't the UFC make Faber versus Edgar in Edgar's uh, bantamweight debut, the 135 debut? I know Edgar was supposed to fight Corey Sanhagen at UFC Raleigh in January. And now next week he's fighting the Korean Zombie at 145 pounds. So he's not cutting down to 135. I know they fought before Faber and Edgar in the past. And this is a rematch. But so what? When they fought, there were sponsors on the shorts. You know how many years ago that is? You know how many fights in between that is? This is a new division, two marquee names, and the winner can fight Henry Cejudo. I think that's it. I think the UFC is getting greedy here. I think they want to have Faber boost up Jan. I think they maybe want to have Edgar boost up Aljermain Sterling or Corey Sanhagen. And I think that's crappy because they're trying to split their business and build these prospects or rising stars off the legends. Again, very disrespectful to Henry Cejudo. If I'm Cejudo, I wanted to fight Edgar or Faber or Dominic Cruz. He is allowed to pick and choose a fight of his liking at the time. The UFC is going to try to push Jan, push Sanhagen, or push Sterling into his next fight at 135. And that's not fair. I know he's hurt, 
But, dude, he just fought TJ Dillashaw. Boom. He just moved up. Fought Marlon Moraes. Comeback win. Olympic champion. Two-division champion. The Triple C. Can the UFC work with him a little? A part of me wants Faber to upset Peter Jan's coming out party. Seriously. And land that overhand right that he did against Ricky Simone. But the odds are stacked against the California kid. He looks great, looks in shape. He's always in shape. His mind seems right. He is motivated. There's no doubt he's motivated, but Jan is anxious. Jan can smell that title, smell that money, smell that gold. He has all of Russia behind him. Just coming off a huge win against Jimmy Rivera at UFC 238. Main card. Big win for him. Put on a great performance. Faded late. But it was a great performance. Great win. And now he has a huge fight in front of him. Against Uriah Faber. I hope Faber gets it done. But it's not looking likely. I'm going to have to go with Jan. Because of the energy. Because of the three rounds. Because of what's on the line for him. If Faber can pull this. Out of his back pocket. Because he's pissed off. The UFC is underestimating him. And because he really wants that shot at the gold and he sees something, Cejudo. I I hope he doesn't retire. But if Jan destroys Faber and Marius destroys Aldo, you could have two legends of the sport retiring. But I hope they fight their butts off. Before that, Jeff... Neil, Mike, Perry, two savages, different definition of the word. Jeff Neil, savage in the terms of surviving this concrete jungle that he's in, being a waiter for all those years, while training, while moving up his professional fights, while moving into the UFC, he survived it. He broke the shackles off. He's free now to train full-time. Mike Perry, who's making a boatload of money every time he fights, I believe 175000 Jeff Neal wasn't sniffing that, isn't sniffing that anytime soon unless he's fighting for a title. Very humble guy, very soft-smoking, but a killer in the cage is Jeff Neal. Great striking, great kickboxing, great feet, uh, footwork. He can move in and out of trouble, move laterally very fast. And Mike Perry, he's a little gorilla. He stomps forward, doesn't necessarily have the beautiful footwork, can go into Cody Garbrandt blood rage mode where he's swinging looping hooks from left and right angles. He's a warrior and a killer. But is it too freaking soon for him to return, especially with that nose injury? I'm going to say yes. And Jeff Neal's not scared of you. He's not scared of the stage. He's not scared of a wild man. He just fought Nico Price, UFC 240. Got it done with a beautiful TKO. Dropped him a couple times. Mike Perry, he's not scared of you. He's going to jab and cross your face off. He's going to land those heavy leg kicks to the body. He's going to outwork you on the footwork. He's going to frustrate you. And he's going to make you expose yourself. I'm going Jeff Neal. So, the questions... Is Kobe drunk off his own Kool-Aid? Yes. Does that mean he's not going to work hard? No. He will work hard. 
He will earn this victory. Even though it's going to annoy the heck out of people, he's going to get it done. Is Max Holloway motivated? I say yes. <sighs> Barely. He'll turn it on fight night, though. Does not want to lose in front of his kid again. And doesn't want to lose in Vegas. Doesn't want to end that streak. He's one of the best fighters of this generation. I think he gets it done. Has Jermaine Durandamy closed the skill gap in the rematch? Yes, she has. How much has she closed it? It's close. It's close. I think she needs a little more muscle mass to land that knockout blow. Nunes can survive it. She looked great in her cut. She's in good spirits. Be prepared for war. I think Nunes gets it done. Was Bantamweight a good idea for Aldo? No. His mind's always been the problem. When his mind's in there, he's good to go. Does he have leg kicks now all of a sudden? That'd be new. Is we going to see uh, the fast marauder that he used to be at WEC in his early days in the UFC? Probably not. I say Marais gets it done. Marlon Marais gets it done. Three-round decision. He lost embarrassingly to Henry Cejudo. He's going to outpoint Aldo, but with heavy strikes and impressive strikes. And you might see him gain that confidence late in the third round and possibly TKO Aldo. Next. Will Faber derail Peter Jan's title pursuit? I wish. If you could tell me any fight, I want any fighter to win on this. More than Max. More than Nunez. More than Colby being a crazy man with the title. I would love for Faber to beat Pieter Jan for everything he's done for the sport, for how he's carried himself, for how consistently genuine he's been. I would love to see Faber get it done and derail Pieter Jan. But I think Jan is hungry and anxious and ready for what's next. So I don't think he's fully respecting Faber. That's why I think there could be that always that slight chance. But I'm going with Jan. Did Mike Perry return too soon? Yes. Did you guys see his nose? Crazy. Is he a madman? Yes. Can he win? Of course. This would be part of his legend and his book if he gets a knockout win over Jeff Neal, who's a more efficient, more calculated striker than Perry. Way better footwork. Has fought a crazy man and got it done over Nico Price. Perry get it done? Yes. Did he return too soon? Absolutely. But I'm still picking Jeff Neal because of the percentages. Mike Perry, I pray that he doesn't have a vicious wake-up call where his nose is broken again and he's angry at his fiance, or he's angry at the organization or himself and he does something stupid. I hope this is a good time for him to reset. But I hope he drops Neal to wake up Neal for not underestimating Perry's skill just because he is a showman and he is an animal all around his fights and during his fights. Jeff Neal cannot underestimate Perry. So those are my picks. UFC 245, Ike Dagon, Ike Fellman on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Ike Dagon, I-K-E-T-A-G-O-N. This has been kind of the, uh, the cocaine version of the mind, body, soul, but 
I have a lot of information to give you guys. I will bring down the pace in the review of UFC 245. I cannot wait for that. Check for it soon, early next week. I'll get it out very early, I promise. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.